<laughs> You're all healthy. <laughs> Kevin Smith did. Yeah, because you know he did. You know he cried at some point in the movie. <laughs> and I'm banking it was that it was it was it was the bit where where uh, Michael Caine was like, I, I, "I'll never give up on you, Buster Bruce. Never." <laughs> No, it's the part where he, it's the part where he um talks to Bruce <coughs> talks to Bruce. I got to get into my <coughs> Mike. You're yeah, only supposed got- to blow the bloody doors off, <laughs> Batman. I told you a billion times. If you're gonna take the doors, you gotta take them off. Welcome to. What's the point of being Batman if you can't take the bloody doors off? What's the point? <laughs> you either die young or you live <laughs> yeah. long enough to blow the bloody doors off. <laughs> yeah, you either die, die a hero or you live long enough to blow the bloody doors off. That's, that's, that's the line. Thank you for saying fuck. Well, I fucked it. I fucked it. Welcome back to Down Down Critics Are Down. My name is Morgan Roberts. My name is Dominic Fitzgerald. And welcome to our brand new holiday. <laughs> our every six month holiday. Uh, and, and like all holidays, um, I mean, I sent you a Christmas present. You did. Well, we um, sent each other Christmas like presents. I, we did, and I. But I also feel that I should point out that I I sent you a a, a holiday a present to mark this holiday as well. Well, a bit bit I bit did. premature that we sent each other Christmas presents in December. Like <laughs> normally, <laughs> February's February. our bag, but that's you know. the way to go. That's it. Uh, you yeah. know, <laughs> it's it's you can't really get as much festive boxes or wrapping paper in. Uh, in, in in February, so we had to we had to just go with the times. Um, you particularly have a new gift, which I feel marks not only the start of this holiday but the new era for this podcast. Yes, yes, I did get a beautiful gift, courtesy of, of Morgan Roberts, who finally pressured me into getting my post box details. <laughs> <laughs> after after months and months of of, of harassment, frankly, uh, I finally gave in because you know festive season and so lovely. I can't speak enough about the gift he gave me. So beautiful, a fantastic a 007 watch, Omega diving watch, and a flip lighter, D- brilliant a James a Bond, lighter. a Zippo lighter. A Zippo flip lighter. It's a beautiful gift. And I really, uh, I can't think of anything else that was in the box um, that he sent me. <laughs> Nothing else was in the box. The box Nothing else was in the box. labeled Rode, R-O-D-E, the Aussie audio brand. Nothing, <laughs> nothing else was in that box. Just those nothing, little items. But, nothing and by of, the way, for those playing at home, I, I was given that watch and, and not by a close friend. So I cannot imagine that it's real. It was... See, you say switch. that, but it's in very good nick. It is like in very good s- nick, and I can't like I, I, I looked I look closely on it, and I'm like, it doesn't say Omega. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not like it was, an extra E yeah. <laughs> or like two O's. I was gonna say, imagine, <laughs> now imagine if we got to the all the all the Bond logos, and it was wait, there are three O's in 007? <laughs> <laughs> Why does yeah, all my watch say triple O seven? That's weird. <laughs> I never noticed yeah. that. What it says, Vin Diesel triple X seven. I would wear the shit out of a Vin Diesel watch. <laughs> Absolutely, maybe I, next Christmas in February we'll get each other matching Vin Diesel watches. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get a we'll oh, get Riddick wrist watches. <laughs> no, like can we get Riddick goggles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, 
We'll get I each mean, other just like the full Riddick cosplay. Then, not that I really know what belongs to that. Like, what what goes in a Riddick cosplay? I don't know. A, a singlet and goggles. <laughs> uh, that's it. We shave our heads. Um, whack the, the thing goggles is, we on. do live in it. We do live in a timeline that we might have to like have some. <laughs> extra hazard wear and just becomes part of daily fashion. I don't know. When I'm like 80 years old, I don't know. The world's fucked. Anyway, Merry Christmas, everyone. And um, fa- happy, uh, well, happy summer, happy summer nolstice for those in the, in the Southern hemisphere. Exactly. And, uh, Welcome to the summer nolstice, the longest day of the year for the man who makes the longest movies ever made. <laughs> We we needed a new holiday because uh, famously we celebrate Christmas in February. That's right. And we need and we will, we've always been looking for more events to add to the calendar. And however we came up with the idea, we were talking about maybe doing Tenet, and then somebody used the word Nolan and Solstice and bada bing bada boom, and here we are. are. On the longest day of the year, the summer Nolstice here in the here in the southern hemisphere. The winter nolstice for all of you in the northern hemisphere. And here we are, that was something we can celebrate every six months, you know, on the longest and shortest day time. Yet another concept that Christopher Nolan is obsessed with. <laughs> so what a what a beautiful way to talk about one of the most influential uh I was gonna use the word prolific, but I didn't want to sound like I was sucking dick, so We'll keep it balanced. We'll keep it balanced today. So I feel like this is, and, and I don't want to say underrated because, I mean, it still made a bunch of money and kicked off one of the <laughs> largest sort of franchises. Yeah. I mean, Belongs to he, definitely he, one of the, the biggest fictional canons of all time. And here's the thing. We didn't like, you know, the whole idea of this longest day of the year, longest summer day in in, in the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah. Um, but you know, Tenet. I'm like, I, I don't have time to fucking watch Tenet. Yeah, like, like I, it, don't, it's, I don't. As much as we <laughs> don't celebrate Christmas on this podcast, the entire world around us does. <laughs> I'm recording today, coming off a family Christmas gathering that has just wiped me the fuck out. Out of three hours of cricket and Finska, I am bushed. But how'd you go in Finska? What a great I won game. back I to back. I won both oh, games wow. back to back. The last one yeah. I won incredibly clutch. After I had already taken myself back down to 25, one point in the game for winning, I had to knock down three points. And Look, so, stop trying, to, stop trying to make clutch a thing, all right? It's, it was clutch, bro. It was honestly the last bit. I, it was just me, my cousin, and my cousin's girlfriend. And we were the last three standing, and I needed three points. And I thought, all right, the easiest way to do this is just knock down three, three, three Skittles, right? Three of the, three of the stands. I knock one, I knock one and I go, oh God, because it wasn't the one. So immediately I was going back to 25 until the Finska throwing device bounced off the side and knocked two down. (laughs) And we all freaked the fuck out. (laughs) I took my shirt off. It was just, you know, it was, it was the closest thing we've got to winning the Super Bowl. It was a Christmas miracle. It was a Nolstice miracle. It was it was the summer Nolstice baby coming through in the clutch. So this is our backdoor announcement for the official next summer uh, Down Down Critics of Down Finska tournament that we will sponsor and um, commentate over. 
Sign um, up now on our, on our website. And then we'll get back on to I'll build the forms. Um, I, I am one of those people that saw The Dark Knight before I saw this film. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? Well, take us back to that, 2008. So I enjoyed, and we'll get to that. The pl- the plan is to perhaps mark the next Nolstice with the next film. Well, I feel like um, the next two definitely we have we we keep to our Batman. But this is the fascinating thing about the Nolstice, right? Is we'll we'll equally talk about, you know, Chris Nolan. But, you know, starting with Batman, it's a there's a big bat shaped bit of baggage that comes with that. How how do you pick up a franchise? Actually, I, let me let me restart that phrase. How how does a franchise start and stop so much? Yeah, in history, and still be. I mean, it's it's got to be an unbeatable franchise. The franchise itself, the character yeah. itself, is indestructible. In fact, I would say, like Batman himself, mm. the franchise of Batman as a franchise has no limits. No, and it's a symbol. It is a symbol, and it is like Batman itself carried the mantle of which has been carried by multiple parties and stakeholders. Yeah, and just and just and, different like different like visions, like like we can you know talk about different actors and creators behind it, but there's just a whole bunch mm. of different ethoses that tap into different aspects of Batman. Yeah, it's very impressive. Is, is one of them a bad ethos? Just thinking of George Clooney, like is that is that an ethos? Well, that's what I want to get into, right? <laughs> at least, at least, <laughs> this is what the question I want to ask you. That we'll get into your you saw the Dark Knight before you saw this. What what was what was your relationship with Batman before or around the time of the the Nolan the Nolan Batman? I don't think I had much of a relationship with Batman. Like I was aware of Batman as a thing. I didn't read the comics. I didn't really watch the animated series. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just sort of like, he would have been my extent of Batman was like, maybe I had a Batman action figure. Actually, you know what? Here's my relationship with Batman. And this is quite a uniquely Queensland sort of thing. Yeah. I, as a person who lives in Queensland, in Brisbane, near the gold coast, Mm -hmm. Oh, close to movie world. I yes. am a person that went on the Batman ride as a child. Yes, which was based around which Timothy the animated which, series which wasn't Burton. it? No, it was based on a Burton. It was based on. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. What year would it have been? Oh, early nineties. So yeah, it would have be- definitely been the 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 uh, Burton two. Yeah, I think it's the second one. I think it's the one with the. I Danny think it's DeVito the one and, and with Danny and, and Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer. The Christmas <laughs> one, apparently. I'm... Is it a Christmas film? All right, I have to come clean. I've not seen a single one of those those Schumacher I'm... or Burton Batman films. I don't think I've seen a single one of the minutes in, in their entirety, which is, look, uh, <laughs> as someone who's 33 years old, born in 87, I'm not sure I have an excuse. I just sort of didn't. But the thing is, you know, when you're a kid and you get in, that's the thing about Batman is yeah. Batman becomes, it's kind of the same thing about, and here's a bit of a soccer reference, you know, like mm. you just see kids, you go to the soccer field, you yeah. know, your local club on the weekend and you see kids running around in Ronaldo and Messi shirts yeah. and you're like, like I know that they don't stay up watching yeah. 
Champions League. Like they no. just wear them because that's the thing. Yeah. It's the same with Batman. It's just like it's Batman. Yeah. It's, it's it's like Spider Man. It's like it's Batman Spider Man. It's it's, yeah. it's it's just this character that permeates all popular culture. And oh, I'm into them because they're cool. Yeah. Like I wouldn't have seen a single full Batman film start to finish. I think until I saw even the Dark Knight. I, I yeah. got to say, I didn't so, see Burton start to finish. Yeah. I didn't see Batman and Robin. I didn't see. Yeah. The one with which one's the one with Mister Freeze? Is that Batman and Robin? Yeah, it's Batman and Robin. Oh boy, it's I just don't, it's so how it, how a franchise can be beaten into such a pulp, so turbulent. Yeah, I just don't understand how something can be so strong in popular culture and have such a diverse and also just plain bad representation in cinema. I think I, that's. I, if I can, I think that comes down to, like, I think it is literally just Batman is too big to to fail. Like, Batman can have those duds along the way and be be fine. Like, if we look at the the what was it eight years between Batman and Robin and Batman Begins, hmm. eight years isn't like an astronomically long time. No, but they were some eight years, like. When was it? Two thousand five. Yeah, yeah. Fuck me. That's because that's oof. my because that's my main point, right? Uh, the Batman Begins came out in two thousand and five, and I'm pretty sure I saw it in like two thousand six, two thousand seven. Yeah, this is my Batman. Like I don't. Yeah, it's very hard for me to. I I I, I hear a lot about that. Like the way I have a coworker at, at my job, and he's such a huge astronomically large Batman fan who, you know, just oozes his whole, and I don't mean this in like the, the, how we throw around as an insult that you base your personality on this thing, but you can see like the, the Batman influence on him in his style, in his manner, not in a bad way, but you can just see like, if you took a look at this person and you had to have a guess, what's his favorite, you know, media or whatever. Like if you, you, you'd be like, I could say Batman here and be pretty, pretty safe and you'd be correct. Yeah. Like that's something like the Burton films and the, the Schumacher films, the comics, the animated series, these things that I hear nothing but reverence from, from people older than me. They're just not my Batman. Like kids at my school had like Batman begins merch. And there was so much Batman begins merch. Yeah, I have yeah. somewhere in in my in my box of old childhood things. There may be a little plastic Christian Bale, and yeah. you look at that on paper and you go, "All right, well, yeah, that's Batman. I understand it." And then you remember that they're they're Chris Nolan movies, and you think, "What what other Chris Nolan movie can you do this for?" Mm. Like it's such a fascinating blend of the art is still the art, but it's also the art just belongs to this wide lexicon of a guy who dresses up like a bat and fights bank robbers. Do you feel, because I feel like when this came out, there was, it was already, it was definitely part of the movement of grounding superhero films and grounding the genre. And a good friend of mine who is a composer is very Mm -hmm. against the seriousification, yeah. if you will, of yeah. of superhero of the superhero genre. Mm. Um, 
you know, huge fan of the OG Superman films and yeah. and also the whole the whole package that goes along with it. The yeah. music, the the the, the camp look, elements, yeah. the the yeah, the vibe. It's the, the vibe. The style it's, and the and the in all aspects, yeah. That's something that and, you go. No, and and I yeah, I just feel that that's this is so this is so strong this is such a strong part of that development of of language in this yeah. space yeah it's certainly the 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 smoking gun i guess cuz even though you can look to and we've talked about this on the on the pod previously we can look at like the other smoking gun that people like to talk about is um name redacted's x-men movie mm. from you know 5 years before this that sort of mm. started but even then that has a that has a style to it and that's still a copy of like like Blade that came out two years before that, which gets nowhere near enough praise for starting this whole, starting getting the this, ball rolling yes. on this on this superhero era. Yes, totally. Batman is sort of the one that I think just, I think it's I think it's the biggest one because it holds up the most. Like all three of those movies, and yeah, I'll I'll go out on a limb and say all three are very good. N- <laughs> not all of them are perfect and I'll get to my main gripe with this one at some point in the next in this episode but they're all so like they still hold up like even the problems people have with them are not like man this movie would have been great but they're all just this movie works I'm often fascinated when I watch films like this of how when there are those issues, and I don't know, I think I don't exactly know what you're alluding to, but I sort of know the vibe of mm. what you're alluding to of mm. of the people that talk about these things. Mm. I often think, why was there not a voice in the room that voiced this in the construction of this film, mm. or if there was, why wasn't it taken on board? Yeah, and I guess that that's the the, the thing about filmmaking and that's yeah. I think maybe a question for people who actually do it for a living but I, I find it fascinating of but if this was a thing like because because you just kind of go man like it's not like it's not like this thing happened overnight and it's no. a completely spontaneous decision so yeah. you have to kind of ask if maybe, maybe we'll go further into this when you actually bring up what your actual point is but yeah anyway um yeah well, let's let's talk about that. Let's let's get into the Nolstice part of the of this this summer Nolstice. Chris Nolan had just come off Insomnia, mm. which is just this movie about, which is just a crime movie about, you know, a, a cop with insomnia. Mm. Yes, and it's having only seen it once in my very early holy shit, I'm obsessed with Chris Nolan, I have to watch everything phase from seven years ago. Um, it's it's just, there's nothing in it where you go, if you're an executive at Warner Brothers, or no, I guess if you're just a, a film purveyor, you don't immediately come out of watching Insomnia and you go, oh, this guy should get Batman. No, it's, I was quite surprised. I mean, I I didn't, I wasn't really across the whole... I wasn't really across film as a yeah. thing in that way, like at to that level of understanding and being into how the studio's doing things and who's yeah. doing what and all that sort of shit. Yeah. Like uh, until I think perhaps after 
maybe when I was at art school studying photography, which yeah. was around about when um, The Dark Knight came out yeah. and I watched that. And so I think that that retrospectively I've, you know, I've grown into sort of investigating those things, but that you're right. Like I totally, how, how was those, who, who made those links? Who pulled the, who pulled those strings and found those little tendrils and shoved them together? I think, and I've seen many a making of documentary that loosely goes over this. No, no tangent here. No making of documentary is ever as detailed as you would hope it is. No, it's always no. just sort of oh, this uh, we uh, we sporadically sort of this project magically came together in the at least in terms of assembling the creative forces. Like oh, Chris Nolan suddenly magically linked up with David Goya, who suddenly they were suddenly plucked by Warner Brothers, and then they fact, get specific. This is why documentaries about failures are so much more interesting because they go into those details. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just that opening part. Like once you get into the literal construction of the film, they'll get, you know, specific enough. But I, I always want to know, like, d- who who did Chris Nolan call? Did he suddenly wake up from a dream one night and go, I've got an idea for Batman? Did a Warner Brother exec go, all right, we got to do something with Batman. Who have we got in the stable? Uh, let's pick the insomnia guy. Did David S. Goya, who's a big comic book guy, can you tell me about David S. Goya? Do you know enough about him beyond no, the fact that he's just the comic book film guy? No, I don't know. I have known nothing, almost next, I know to, next to nothing about him. To my knowledge, he's just the comic book film guy. Like, he is just the one screenwriter who was in big meetings at studios who was like, oh, yeah, I, I, I read comics. Oh, shit, you got, a, <laughs> you got some for me? Yeah. And I and I couldn't tell you that wasting time looking up on IMDb what he had worked on beforehand, but I know that at some point Christopher Nolan became obsessed with the idea of just just Batman being some guy. Which to your point of the 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 superhero normalization is sort of like the half half. That's that's why I think this movie lands so well, is because Batman is pretty much the only to my knowledge like is 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 the superhero who makes the most sense for that to be the case like if you're going to normalize any superhero it's got to be a guy with a fucking bunch yeah. of money and assets and he's he's and, just a rich guy yeah he's, he's just a rich, a rich guy. guy who learns mma in the himalayan mountains fuck it sure oh, okay 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 the, the, and and the, you know throughout the movie he's just very methodically like acquiring gear that they explain in in a way that is still like it's cool but it's not like extra fanatical like like when like the scene in where he meets morgan freeman and he goes you know i i need some gear for like spelunking <laughs> so he can just do the cave work but that gets him the i, I, I think it gets him the the suit which he just explains is is stuff that the military were using. And then later on, he's like, I, I want to practice base jumping. What do you got? He's like, oh, we developed this fabric that can run electronic waves, currents through it that can make it like fit a shape. It was too expensive for the military. Like all those scenes are like, you can see how they've sort of become tropey, but no one else really did that at the time. Like X-Men didn't do that. 
They just no, stuck him in leather. It's our jet that we just fucking have. Yeah, we, that have we just keep jet. under the basketball court. Like, <laughs> you don't stop to really think about it because it's not that kind of movie. But Chris have Nolan. Have jet, which is, which, is, which is literally a carbon copy clone of a SR-71. <laughs> oh, just, but it also hovers. Yeah, but it hovers <laughs> and it has <laughs> straps us in. Oh, man. I I mean, I know it's suspension of disbelief, but you're, you're like, when but you're trying to ground that something. Movie. Yeah. No, that's right. It doesn't, it's not a character. Um, whereas the, the multiple characters of Batman are so mm. well voiced in this film and the franchise, like yeah. Morgan Freeman, like Lucius is so important, but also the fact that his, the fact that they build that, they build that arsenal up together. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And there's so much screen time yeah. allowed for it. You're totally right. Because that's important I, I, to that movie that Chris Nolan's making. Like, Chris Nolan is making a movie, you know, not just about a guy who dresses up as a bat and fights crime. He's making a movie about this whole city and how one rich guy dressing up as a bat and fighting crime affects the world around him. Mm. Which is, you know, just great. It makes so much sense on paper. And no one really stops to do it, except for when they do it badly, like Zack Snyder. <laughs> I think we'll bully Zack Snyder's Man of Steel His movie a lot house. more in the other two episodes. But just, god damn, the Dark Knight approach, or the or the Nolan Batman approach, does not cannot work for every superhero. Especially that one. Especially that one. Especially that one. But... Yeah, he's meant to be the opposite. He's meant to be, mm. he's meant to be the everyman. Yeah, with the secret power, with with yeah. with with his conceit explained away. It's like, oh, he's the everyman. Yeah. Oh, but no, but he's an alien, so he has his powers. Yeah, that's cool. Yes. Cool, no worries. Simple. Like you, you need to cross a, a threshold. It's like, yeah, he's an alien. Okay, explained. Yeah, or he's a rich guy. He's an alien, or he's a rich guy. Yeah. And that's X-Men, the, it's like, oh, and it's mutants and the gene and the yeah. whole thing, and we have a jet. That's fucking yeah. They're magic. Just just say yeah. the word. It's, it's the equivalent of going, they're magic. Yeah. Like, when you have to get into fake science, like, you either just go the Superman approach where you just go, they're special, or you, you know, you give them, like, the, the one human reason. He's rich. That's the thing that helps, like, d- again, comic books were designed to sell toy adverts to children. And they became this art form through, like, I, I got no beef with comics. They, 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 I'll call them art because, you know, you can do so much with that. But, you know, they were designed initially as this thing that just grew from there. They are initially designed to appeal to children. That's is that that's fair to say, right? I think a large part of their origin is around that, yes. But yeah. I I think you can't say that's that their exclusive thing or the fact that... no. No, of course. I not. mean, certainly not now, but I mean, even at the start, it wasn't exclusively like that. That was it. Was yet again, it was another medium of telling a story. But yeah, anyway, we digress. I mean, well, that's the yeah. That's the thing we'll never be All able to say is. with entire confidence because neither of us were around in 1937 when these fucking guys just wrote about an alien who flies around and saves people and a guy who dresses up as a bat to fight crimes. Like we we cool. we weren't on the streets in back no. then. But I think what what it what it what it turns to now is yeah back to Nolan he's just 
look this this holiday the Nolan the Nolan holiday the the summer and <laughs> winter Nolsters which again is just I'm very proud of that joke that we came up with <laughs> I'm very proud of that but the whole point is we like didn't come I, up with that joke we'd be talking about swordfish you'll see next week <laughs> yeah, yeah we I put the brakes on a swordfish episode just because we came up with a pun for Chris Nolan's name and a new holiday is a, it's very us uh, do you, I feel like. I feel like this, because I revisited this, I, I feel like this film can be summed up in a, in a number of ways. But I remember seeing Dark Knight and then asking someone, oh, do I have to, or we were going to watch the Dark Knight and say, like, oh, have you seen Batman yeah. Begins? And I was like, no, I haven't seen it. Do I have to? And like, no, not really. No. Like, what happens? And they're like, uh, he begins. Yeah. <laughs> 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 cool. I'm like, that cool, is it's another superhero origin story. Um, that is the fascinating thing I, about... Oh, sorry, you go. Which meant that when I revisited it, I think I was somewhat sceptical. And I think that when I did, I was a little bit more of a cunt in those years <laughs> than I am now. Yeah. And so my most... we I, I didn't watch this again. Um, I've seen this a number of times. I didn't watch this again for this record. But, like, I've seen it recently. I've seen it within the last year. Yeah. Um. And I think watching it now, especially as the trilogy is finished, mm. I really appreciate so many elements of this film. Yeah. And I really feel like the first 40 minutes of this film is probably the best example of superhero origin story Oh yeah, in film. Yeah. Um, it's it's just it's, because of how wonderfully, and we're talking about grounding, but all the scenes, like I live for, I live for those scenes where he's like in, where is he? Like Korea or something? Uh, no, they say it's, um, somewhere in the, the Andes, like somewhere in the, the, oh, the Himalayas in, or the, yeah, Tibet or something. Yeah. Or back of China or something. Yeah. But like that, like that, I loved those scenes. Yeah. Where he, where you really see that he said, okay, if I want to do this, I have to live, I have to be this person who lives as a criminal. Yeah. Um, I also really loved that scene where he's like stealing all the shit and it's like, yeah. he's stealing from his own company. Yeah. He's like, I'm not, I'm no scene. thief. And the guy's like, tell that to the owner. And then they just cut yeah. to a big Wayne box and it's like, well, yeah, <laughs> not guilty. Right. Yeah. Your honor. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> How can I steal some with my name on it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, it's like, well, I, someone paid for that yeah. service from, yeah, let's hang on. Let's, can we quick, quick sidebar into that legal defense? Someone paid for those Wayne Manor goods. Like it's not going to Wayne Manor. No, <laughs> you're stealing <laughs> something that your company manufactured that is going to someone else. That's right. That's right. Someone that's... else has already bought it. It's not yours. Yeah. Um, Guilty. Uh, Send him to prison. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. All part of the plan. <laughs> As we've seen. Um, <laughs> you're going to love me. Um, so there's, there's, I, I, I want you to tell me what you don't like about this because I'm finding it hard to remember. Yeah. And I'll probably agree with you, oh, but I'm finding just, it really hard. It's really to, simple. My, 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 because, yeah. because I, Obviously, the Dark Knight. Uh, we can, you know, it's all the stereotypes are true. Maybe one of the greatest action crime films ever made. The Dark Knight. The thing about the Dark Knight is that it's so often, and I think correctly, used as like a by 
as a byword for uh, basic straight male cinema fandom yeah. of like, what's your favorite film? Oh, The Dark Knight is the best film ever made. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I want to be like, like I, I can wanna... see, like, I could see Caitlin Riley on Instagram. <laughs> if you don't know, yeah. she's, check her out. She's amazing. I could see Caitlin Riley on Instagram, like, doing one of her things where it's like, that guy you dated in college who thought The Dark Knight was the best film ever made and she would nail it and it's yeah. fucking, it would, she would be correct. It's, it's true. But it, that's the thing. I find it quite, it's like, Ah, I, I got it. I, I love watching it. It's yeah. In the top like five films of all time. Like, I think exactly. it's really good. Like, I think it's really good. Like the joke is true. You can yeah. make that joke, but every time you go to watch it, you just go, fuck, it is pretty good. Fuck, it's good. Yeah. Like every yeah. scene just hits every way. Right. So yeah. Stereotype. True. Dark Knight. Goaded. It asks. It the asks. Dark Knight yeah. Rises. Obviously we'll talk about it in detail as well for that episode. But I just I I love the Dark Knight Rises on scale alone and just big overarching story. I think it works. I love it. Mm. Batman Begins is like I I love that first hour and twenty thirty minutes so much because mm. you're right that that opening is just top tier superhero setup like i never need to see i never need to see uncle ben die and i never need to see thomas and martha wayne get shot in an alley ever again Mm. right because i know it's been drilled into me and it's been done so perfectly that it's like iconic i'll never need to understand it see it again because there's no way you can do it that isn't that isn't just like that right and, you know, the whole setup, the plot of what's happening in, in Gotham City, like I said earlier, those Batman films work so well, not just because they're about this guy who dresses up as a bat and stops crime, the whole world of crime around him and Gotham City, like Gotham City is such a character in the film. And that's a very cliche thing to say, but it's true just because of how much they personalize and personify it throughout the three films. And it comes across very well in this first one. I think this is the best example. I think this is where the where the city itself is the strongest character yes. in this film. Um, and I think you go into the what's the what's the place what's the middle called what's it called the the center of town um, the the center place downtown. where Arkham is. Uh, okay. The the bat all I can all the no Batman fans are like yelling down. Oh, like, fuck the, the Batman fans! Let's Batman. let's get real for a second. I love that first hour and a half so much because Chris Nolan is painstakingly cre- using real locations, creating all these characters that fit within the world. The style is so perfect, right? Mm. And then that third act looks like a fucking movie world promo. <laughs> yeah, I when I, I, the when the monorail falls into the set just thing, the, no just I, the no not even that just the just that whole set of like the sticks the slums that the that looks like just a set and it's full of tin and everybody you know there's and i get it it's set up through the plot everybody's f- hallucinating because they're freaking narrows. out and there's That's like it. horses the breathing fire. The narrows. There's horses breathing fire through their yeah, noses. But that's because of the. That's because I of know, the and I get it, and that's why I don't. I I don't hate it too much, but just the style, the style flip. I I just think. It when I watch it, I go, Nolan. 
feet Tim Burton. Like it, be, it does yeah, it. Yeah, you know like, it feels like a, a studio note. Maybe it feels it's like a nod. That. Maybe, but I just I it's the it's one not, part where I'm just like crazy. I don't love it. I just I don't love it. Like I think that fight on the train is great. I think everything that just takes place in that area is the is the low point for me. Like. Not it's, in the asylum, though. In the asylum, no, not in the great. asylum. The asylum bit is uh, the asylum bit is great, and like most of the hallucination stuff, specifically, you know, when he um, when he gasses um, Falcone. No, yeah. no, he's the guy from. Wait, no, is it Falcone? I get the crime guys all the so same. confused. I mean, it's not rude of us to no. think of it as a stereotype because it is in itself a yeah. stereotype. <laughs> Mister, you don't fear what you don't. You always fear okay. what you don't understand. New York, New York crime family. I'm gonna go by their. I'm gonna go by their quotes, right? Mister, and you fear what you don't understand. <laughs> yeah, that right. guy, when he gets yeah. hallucinated inside the asylum, that's a great bit. Um, when Batman throws it back at Killian Murphy, Killian Murphy, by the way. Can we just say, I, I, one of I think one of my favorite actors in the past decade. He's just good. He just works. He's just solid. <laughs> He's just, yeah. It's and, and not to you know just to quote the the Todd Howard when it always comes into play, it just works, right? Uh they're film currently filming. I think they just wrapped filming on whatever the next season of Peaky is uh, five or six. Yeah, I, that's that's not a show I watch, but I hear that I I should. You check it out. It's pretty easy to binge the first. I, few seasons. I like British people and I like gangsters, so I I think it's why the fuck haven't you watched that? That's a real blind. I know that's strange. That's a, that's a that real blind. You should peek. It's it. a blind spot. That's a blinder spot. You should peek. Wow. Can you explain mm. to me where where the phrase "peaky blinders" comes from? Yeah, well, because they have razor blades sewn into the front of their caps, so in the peak of their cap, they use to blind cunts. Oh my god, that's what a peaky blinder is. That's what the peaky a blinders. Pe- a bit of a peaky blinder. Gang, the gang it? is called the peaky blinders. Ah, uh, in it because uh, their caps have razor blades in them. Anyway. Let's not alienate our British yeah, listeners, <laughs> our Cockney listeners. Really I'm sure <laughs> one or five. Someone will be like, "Oh, I found this really great podcast in it. It's called wow. Down Down Critics Are Down. They pick up the cheap movies from their local supermarket. I'll give it a listen. Oh, I love Batman. Oh, I love the. Oh, oh." oh. Well, if they weren't before, they are now. So thanks, Tom. Yeah, we've indeed. Well, we've indeed. No, now that we've indeed, hopefully they've made it to the end of this, and now we can go. We we like you guys. Hopefully, we've endeared ourselves to you through our stereotypes. Batman begins his third act. Um, <laughs> yeah, I no. just just that little stylistic dip of of that of that whole section. Just it's not enough for me to be like like I said. It's not enough for me to be like yeah, that movie's great, but. It's just that movie is great. This change doesn't really do it for me. I get it, but again, I don't hate it. And I think that that's the parts that I didn't like when I first saw it, and I think I was more forgiving when I revisited yeah. it. Because when you look at the Dark Knight, like no, there's there's no such dip in the Dark Knight. No, and then I think dip. the Dark Knight Rises takes it back to that scale, but does it in the style that like doesn't betray the film you know what i'm saying Mm. like i get goosebumps when i watch that scene of all the cops like marching down the empty street because i Mm. feel the scale and it fits so well with the look Mm. the style and the scale sort of perfectly blend together but you know if if we got to round it out any last comments on the movie before we talk about chris 
to close it out? I I wonder why can we can we tell and, and gee gee whiz, I love it. Can we do we know why Katie Holmes was replaced? That is such a good question. I literally think it was just scheduling. Let me Google because this now to I'm make so sure. Glad she was, be... Because Maggie was just so great. Like oh. why was she not cast at the start? Fuck. Look, she's I, so good. Again, and I do remember seeing the dark um this before the Dark Knight and going, oh, they recasted, um, they recasted Rachel, and I yeah. was like, I, I, again, I didn't like. It, uh, it's a weird thing. It feels weird because, especially given, uh, I've always felt this weird disconnect between the two. Like they almost feel like two different characters, not because of like the the writing or the recasting. It's just that the the whole arc of Rachel in the Batman Begins versus Rachel's arc in the Dark Knight, it's not that they don't sort of fit side by side with each other, but they just they have such different goals that it's hmm. hard for me to be like, oh yeah, this is definitely this is the person that you know the, I don't the scrappy underdog. Batman, yeah, I don't think Batman Begins leans hard enough into the fact that she is the assistant to the district attorney. No. And that district attorney and, gets whatever off she, what, she, an hour and he gets in. Off super quick. Yeah. Um, Pause. And I just think that that's an opportunity. And that's something that the dark Knight does well. Like it shows, it shows that she's fully capable and it, it can take care of herself and is yeah. totally intelligent and has real nous in the skill set that she has yeah. in that court setting. Yeah. And so I feel like that's what's missing from um Katie Katie Holmes. Yeah. Which uh, Rachel Dawes which first one. Funny you mention that is is also something that's the beautiful thing also about the film. And we talked a little bit about the the cast of characters, but you know, he does the same thing for he does the same thing for Rachel in this movie and Gordon, not commissioner at this point. What was he just just Officer yeah. Gordon? Detective Gordon, uh, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Gordon. Yeah, he's he. The relationship between him and Gordon that we'll dip into a little bit now, but obviously will become much more incredible in the in the in the next two movies. It's such a great just character dynamic between the two of them that is so beautifully played. Is like because you can tell Gordon as a cop hates what's happening. Yeah. Uh, but you know he is so aware that he is not with anywhere within the wherewithal to change things. He just doesn't partake in any of the the corruption. Actively keeps his head down, and you can see that spirit sort of shoot up in him when he you know runs into the Batman. The same way that that Rachel obviously works for the DA, knows about all the corruption and greed, but is not in a position to actively do anything about it until Batman shows up and starts, you know, putting in enforcement. And those are the great building blocks that then hyper pay off in the dark Knight. I think that's why I really appreciated this film after seeing the, yeah, the, the dark the Knight. second one and gum and seeing what those building blocks were, because yeah. that's kind of just smart filmmaking. Yeah. And um, you don't and need that's good it. Producing. And that's the studio being like, look, this is a trilogy. This is a trilogy, and this is kind of where yeah. you want to go. So, well, I mean, like, they literally. Well, they literally. Obviously, they set up the end of the film. They they set up the Joker 
without doing any major casting, but they're clearly like, oh, we're going to do this again. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, and it's so hard to tell like what, what studios, like we don't, we obviously don't know. Obviously the studio has to have a lot of involvement with any film of this scale. But and we don't want to immediately go like, well, oh, they they just sat back and let Christopher Nolan do his thing because that's not how films work. Mm. But it'd be also we need and we definitely need props. We need props and um, like production design to give us something that like every little ten year old kid will want to go out and fucking buy a yeah. copy of Batmobile. Christ, <laughs> like. <laughs> Or a one for two that that is that is appropriate for two thousand five. Yeah, like sort of design uh, themes. Again, you look at the yeah. you know how you can like look at certain movies now, like certain big films now, like like maybe like a Star Wars or a yeah, or a Star Marvel Wars. thing, and you can see things that are like oh that thing you can tell was some some note came down to be like can you design this thing to be a bit more fashionable as a toy, you know mm-hmm. like. One of the things I really that always stand out to me like that is um the uh, the the in Avengers two the big Hulk fighting Iron oh, Man yeah. suit yeah 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 I yeah. I I again I think it they use it they use it very well but you can just look at it and be like dog that was like please design this thing in to 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 be a toy yeah please but that's the beautiful thing about this film. At no point are you watching it, and does that point ever pop up in your head? Like, it, no, because it makes so much sense in the groundingness of the film. It's like, oh, it's this crazy. Like, it's stretched a bit. Like, there is a suspension of disbelief. It's like, oh, it's this thing that was meant to jump things, yeah. jump ravines, and make a bridge. Yeah, I get. Okay, cool. I think <laughs> that's his entire like breakdown of a bat suit is so immersed well in like the movie of explaining what it all does. But it's also clearly like each sold separately. Like you can, like have all these things for your children's Batman costume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is cool. It's like, hey, Dad, make the make the party costume yeah. for little Jimmy. Or- but it's so <laughs> well integrated that you don't even like. It's you just don't care because it like it works too yeah. well individually as the film. Uh, yes. Love that- this. If that's all we've got about Batman, let's 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 talk about Chris. Let's talk about the the real icon of the Nolstus. Time. He either fucking with time, running out of time, going back in time, going the, sideways, in copying time. Bond, but in a very uh, palatable, acceptable way. Mm. The same way I would. Call, this is why I can't hate Chris Nolan. Well, let's just let's just let's just set some groundwork that we can talk about in later episodes. What do you, what would you describe as your general relationship to Chris Nolan's body of work? I enjoy most of Chris Nolan's films, although I find I find them they're not necessarily easy to watch. Hmm. I find The Dark Knight pretty easy to watch in a yeah. good way. It's well, it's not easy to watch. It's hard. Like it's a hard film. Yeah, it's constantly on. The energy level is constantly yeah. on, and it only lets off enough. And I'll say this again and again and again, and that's why I think it's a good film. But I think, like, if someone was like, hey, what do you want to watch tonight? I want to watch Interstellar. I might be like, oh, yeah, fuck, no, exhausting. Baby. Exhausting. fuck no, baby. Fuck no, baby. 
it's exhausting watching Interstellar. Like it's amazing, but it's exhausting. Yeah. Um, and I've really got to be in a mood to watch a lot of his other films. Mm. Uh, Inception less so like, like mm. more accessible for me. Yeah. Dunkirk, extremely accessible. Yeah. Um, in fact, I don't think I've seen it. Mm, I don't think I've watched it again um, after I saw it in the movies. But I, I think I haven't either. I bought it on iTunes. Swag. Uh, I think yeah, it's I wanted, the, I wanted that sweet 4K HDR. I think it's one of the, like the three Chris Nolan movies I don't own. I don't own Dunkirk. I don't own Insomnia. And a clean 100 and not 100. Like it's a clean like 100 minutes. Yeah, it's sharp. Oh, Baby, that was the most exciting thing about Dunkirk so when they revealed the runtime, and it was it's under like, two hours. Boom. I, 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 me up, baby. Cheered and hollered in my in my university desk when I googled that at some point, or when that article is, came out. It is like I'll be the first to admit it is that like that running joke, mm. which is kind of part of the genesis of us doing this. It's like here's the longest day of the year, and let's watch Tenet, and it's yeah. the Nolster, or the shortest day of the year, like it's still or whatever it is, and it's like which will flip flop every six months. I I feel. And that's that's the thing. Like, I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna sit in, and it's only available to buy. And you were like, "Yeah, yeah. I'd rent it if you've not seen it yet." I'm like, yeah. "Fair go- fair call," because I I don't have three and a half hours. Yeah. Well, see, you said that it's 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 directly, and this is the other thing about Tenant. Tenant is spot on two thirty. Two hours oh, and thirty two, minutes. Spot 230. on. The I thought it was three thirty. No, it's two hours and thirty minutes. But see, so you about? said that you said that when you were like do you recommend Tenet? And I went, and I don't remember if we talked about this. I know obviously I've joked on here that it's the movie I saw four times in the cinemas because the cinemas weren't playing anything else. Um, <laughs> fuck but you, like, Disney. <laughs> the, well, the very, yeah, fuck you. Fuck off, Disney. Literally, I will put my beef aside. Side tangent. I watched that movie Godmother today. Oh, yeah. My sister came in and put it on. Man, Disney can crank out some shit. Oh man, it was just like so. I was it. It was like it, you ever watch a movie where it's like, oh, you've clearly gotten good actors just to have fun on your five out of ten script. Did you? Speaking of your sister, yeah. uh, did she get to? Did she get her Grey's Anatomy fix? <laughs> Eventually, yes. She's watching it to this day <laughs> on oh, loop. Gotta get but, that. Gotta get that, Patrick. Gotta get that bit of Patrick. Yeah, gotta gotta know what <laughs> Meredith's thinking about now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you you said you know tenant, would you wreck? And I was like, I I guess. And then I thought nothing of it until I had to pick a film to sort of get for Christmas for myself. And I was like, oh cool, I'll just look at whatever's new on Blu-ray. And spoilers, it was just tenant. <laughs> I was like, wow, it really was the only blockbuster of 2020. Like it was, it was, it was real. Like I just thought I had this moment where I'm like, God damn, this was all we got. And so I, I've bought it for Christmas and I'll be watching it the boxing day with the family. Cause they haven't seen it before. And it made me think about my relationship with tenant, which is like, which I think is the most emblematic of my stance on Nolan that I will be touching upon for every Nolan episode that I will state here. Blanket statement. Chris Nolan, the director. Mm. I love huge inspiration, Mm. huge icon. He makes big movies, incredible scale, 
visceral things that belong in cinemas. Fun watches. I've never had a bad time watching a Chris Nolan film in a cinema. Chris Nolan, the writer, is an annoying piece of shit. Because <laughs> he can't get out of his own fucking head sometimes. <laughs> we'll talk about this with other Nolan films. And I think it's the strength of the Batman trilogy that doesn't have this problem. Because no, he's constantly being reminded yeah. this is a film about a guy who dresses up as a bat and fights criminals yeah. and I'm yeah. making this like if you want to keep grounding this you got to trim it and you got to trim yeah. it and you got to make it fucking tight but he even realizes like the films I'm making are just crime thrillers that are that have big scale and have this big character connected web it's oh so hit or miss with all of his other movies that are just is the concept too big for its own good <laughs> yeah yeah i <laughs> Hmm. is the concept too big for his own good is i get a blanket statement you know my favorites are inception dunkirk because those are ones where the scale the, the concept is not too big for the scale like i think inception gets a lot of flack for being like another dude bro this is the greatest film ever made yeah totally totally it's a real it's a real trope which is not true but i watch you, you go do you think do you think that at times we don't notice Nolan being bloated because it is sold to us so well? Because it is always well shot, sometimes sound designed with generally a really good score that I think think love or hate Hans Zimmer appropriate yeah. for yeah. his film. Yeah, um, and like just production designed, you know, I, out the wazoo. I, I, but at I, no point are we ever like there's there's no point that like all the columns are at. Are, are at one. No, there's no like, point. They're, even they're if at... the writing, the writing. If we feel like it's bloating, there's other columns that are firing on all yeah. cylinders in terms of, you know, well, I think... areas of the film. And you're like, it's fine. Like, I'm not hating it. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. I, it's not a bad decision to watch this no. today. Well, that's why I think the best ones. The best ones. So far, I'm going to say he's got five. I'm going to say he's got the five best ones where all cylinders are firing on all aspects and they're all level. I'll say it's the Dark Knight trilogy. It's Inception and it's Dunkirk. Yeah, All those I, other I, movies, I, I think you're Memento. right. They suffer from if if even the one thing is working at exceptional pace, um, you know the sound, uh, the 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 production design Whatever. is a little bland for this kind of movie you're making, or the writing here is too high concept and not enough focuses I, on character. I haven't seen Memento, and it's been a while since <laughs> I've seen The Prestige. It's it's. Oh, the prestige. Um, no, Memento, I think, again, without spoiling it when we eventually cover it, whenever that is, is um, that it's 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 just, it's writing is on point if the concept isn't a little too high, but obviously it's low-budget production design-y sort of stuff is sometimes a little jarring, but, you know, it's 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 a it's still a great example. Is that his first major film? Yeah, because the yeah. following, which I haven't even seen because I fucking have no idea how to. Yeah. Following is the little indie film he made on the streets of London on fucking 16 millimeter. Fuck. Maybe it was even eight millimeter. I don't know. That's one that's hard to find, but that's one I'm deeply fascinated to this day to see. Cause I just, I just want to know what it looked like, what the Nolan formula looked like in its primordial form. Did you ever see a movie called pie? 
by a director called Darren Aronofsky. I'm aware of Darren Aronofsky. I've not seen the film mm-hmm. Pie. I enjoyed it. I, I think I had it on DVD. I've seen it maybe twice. What is and it? I enjoyed what it is it about? More What's than the his general synopsis? It's about it's about a mathematician. That's mm. as much as I can remember. Okay. without spoiling too much. Okay. Like I can remember other stuff, but it spoils. Yeah. Um, it's beautiful. It's black and white. Mm. Uh, I'd try and track it down because I enjoyed watching yeah. it much more than um, Memento for a Dream, which I find <laughs> fine. Like, do you, like, and that's why maybe seeing this film that he shot on the streets, yeah, where you see the precursor, yeah. where you see the proof of concept, yeah. and it ends up being yeah. more enjoyable than the higher budget, yeah. more sort of critically sort of touted wider. We wider we, we call that yeah. Kevin Smith itis. Or the uh, Kevin Smith okay. effects. Is that the Kevin Smith? Oh, bringing it back to what I called the, the we joked at the beginning of the episode, and I thought he might have to cut it because it wasn't because it wasn't explained. But here I am, Nolaning back to the callback. I named my name in the Zencaster recording Kevin Smith Tears due to his propensity to cry at anything pop culture related. But now I'm talking about Kevin Smith, the the literal the golden example of someone who just got worse, the higher budget they got because they just became (laughs) less interested in doing anything with that sense of scale. And that's why I really can never dog Chris Nolan out on the writing alone. Like he just is so good at directing or at least filmmaking. There are some cases where I think direction is, is, is lacking or not, at its highest cylinder because he's a little too focused on other things. But to sum it up, just I'm so excited to be having the have the example that dedicatedly do this every six months because Christopher Nolan really is the, the a filmmaker that we could talk for hours and hours about purely based on the output. Mm. Like again, we like you need output to really dive deep like i i find it so hard talking about all these like new guys all all of our new favorite creators like a24 people or oh god i don't know damien chazelle or like any of these new guys because we just don't have the output to really know yet but chris nolan is a guy who's been making films for two decades who's Mm. covered a lot of different genres or at least ones that really you know, at least tap into every genre. And somehow and somehow made them all a Christopher Nolan genre. <laughs> yeah, like we call them like, like is, you know you can recognize a Christopher like auteur theory kind of horse shit in filmmaking. I'll I'll say it. But again, a, you know what a Chris <laughs> Nolan film is like. So you can't completely dismiss you know what it. You're signing up for. Exactly. <sighs> yeah. It's fascinating. I can't wait. We'll wrap it up. Mm. There. I wish all our listeners a wonderful festive period. We will be returning with a Bond episode. I hope you enjoyed our James Bond Moonraker commentary. Mm. Uh, shout us out. Shoot us, shoot us a tweet or an email yeah. down, down. What is it? Down, down podcast at gmail.com. I'll put it in the show yeah. notes. So you can click the link, email us, yeah. shout us out. Let us know if you listened and watched at the same yeah. time. <laughs> We didn't really, we didn't do a, we didn't usually, we didn't do our normal social media blast. I think just because we know what everybody's viewing focuses are like at this time of year. But 
you know, in um, I'm I'm tweeting that lead, that link again in January. I'm doing a full I'm doing full press run for that Moonraker commentary because if we get people saying the commentaries are good, I'm do we're doing it I again. It right. Well, my idea was to do a commentary for every Bond actor. I we was thinking about I was thinking about Connery. that. I think we do I think we just have to now do and even though we've technically botched it for Roger, we just do a commentary for the last film of their of each actor's run. Like I think from this nah, point on, no, nah, we have to do it on like a weird middle. Like I really want to do, I really want to do Quantum of Solace and um, Tomorrow Never Dies. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I really want to do Die Another Day, Inspector. But, but I, you know what, we can we'll figure that out. Porkabel or Stoss, maybe we do yeah, both. I like- See, I like Spectre. No, see who's going to fucking listen to that. See, anyway, that's why maybe, I think I don't know. Maybe you loved it. Let, let us know in the show. Let us know in the comments. Let us know. Send us an email. We'll be next week with our next Bond film, Dom, which is. Oh, my voice is too raspy to do a to do um the actual singing voice for Sheena Easton. So allow me to finish this Batman episode with. For your eyes only, Alfred. Death, James. It's. It's gonna be for your eyes only. It's gonna be for your eyes only. Starring Ro- Sir Roger Moore. Where's the trigger? I can't do it. I can't. I can't, I can't do it. I can't. Where's the trigger? Where's it? Rachel! <laughs> 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 <laughs>